Welcome to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners with up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist and neuroimmune specialist. With Dr. Stewart's broad medical knowledge, we will discuss how he helps his patients with issues such as ADD, migraines, hormones, dizziness, sleep, fatigue, methylation, autism, and genetic mutations. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and I invite you to sit back, grab your cup of coffee or favorite beverage, and let's have Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Good afternoon, everyone. So happy you could join us on this beautiful, beautiful Sunday afternoon on Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Hi, Dr. Stewart. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Such a delight to always have you here. I appreciate it. So we are on episode five. You know, we've um, we've covered your background in episode one, mm-hmm. methylation episode two, ADD, ADHD, and then last week was migraines and headaches. And this week we're gonna we're gonna get to a, a deeper topic, something. A little sad, I guess, for a lot of people, anxiety and depression. But before we get to that, I just want to tell you that we have actually had a lot of feedback and communication since just the four episodes that have run. We've had people call Neurobiologics, you know, because we talk about the products. We've had people email through coffeewithdrstewart.com. And there was one question, I was able to answer most of the questions for a lot of the people that, mm-hmm. that asked me, but there was one gentleman that was just adamant about a question that he had for you. Okay. So, are you ready? Sure. Okay. Always ready. This is what he wanted to know. How do you take your coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. This is a real question he wanted to know. <laughs> uh, I like high quality coffee and I take it um, with a little cream and a little sugar. Okay. <laughs> I just had to get that extremely important question out of the way. Okay. So now let's get to the real that is okay, the part okay. of the show, okay? <laughs> Anxiety and depression, this is episode five of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. It's a, it's a topic dear to me just because I've had anxiety. I've gone through bouts of depression. Dr. Stewart and myself lost some very dear family members over 20 years ago to depression. And again, this is why this show is here. This show is not to get Dr. Stewart more patients. I just found out the other day, Dr. Stewart, you are nine months out now for new right. patients. Right, unfortunately. Yeah, and the show is just maybe to provide one little bit of information for somebody out there that could change their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they, they choose to take it or not, but that's what we're here for. So let's talk about anxiety in the, in the first part of this, okay? So I would not wish this on my worst enemy, but let me just give a few statistics. So according to some places on the CDC and some other places I pulled facts, anxiety disorders are one of the most common disorders in the US, affecting over 40 million adults, 18 and older. Yes. That is astounding facts right there. So Mm -hmm. what's going on? Well, I mean, that's a a really great question. Um, Frankly, the the reason it's probably because it's so common is because of uh, some of the lifestyle changes that we've uh, decided to make, you know, across society. Mm -hmm. Anxiety and and depression in general are pretty much linked in a lot of ways. In fact, one typically leads to the other when you talk to most people who have had a lot of experience with it. Yeah, when you read the research, it says either it's anxiety to depression, depression to anxiety. Yeah, and it's really typically anxiety into depression because you're making the brain kind of work really hard and this anxiety 
anxiety state, and eventually it just kind of wears itself out, and we'll talk about that as we go along. Typically, what's happening now is that we're not getting as much sleep. We're not getting as much time for our brain to restore itself. We're asking a lot more of our brain. All this connectivity, um, Mm -hmm. we talk as a general rule. When we uh, discuss these types of issues, we talk about, you know, our young people are really disconnected from personal interaction or spending all their times on their texts and Instagram and all those other things, and people are on their computers nonstop. Well, we're really just putting too much strain in our body, and it's actually showing through our through our neurotransmitter load. That's what I was going to ask you. You being a, a former skull base surgeon, mm-hmm. tell us what goes on in the brain exactly. Okay. Yeah, this is really pretty easy to, to from a standpoint of neurotransmitters. Now, neurotransmitters in general, you can get lost in the study of these, and you can spend a whole career on them. But I'm really going to go about talking about three major ones for you that uh, really play the biggest role. We have uh, dopamine, which tends to uh, play a role in short-term memory, concentration, focus, organizational skills, basically how the brain processes information. We have serotonin, which has to do um, with basically uh calmness, uh, basic contentness, uh, feelings of emotion, uh, many things like that. Yeah, well, it's not really the happy happy hormone. It's more of content. I'm functioning well. Okay. And then there's GABA, which typically is more of your happy inhibitory. Life is easy. You know, life is good. That's why people like that supplement so much. (laughs) And so the whole idea that you ought to understand when when it comes to neurotransmitters is the brain is based on what we call inhibition disinhibition, which means that it basically is working all the time and we actually inhibit it or disinhibit it to get our responses. Okay. So what happens in an anxiety state is the brain essentially gets disinhibited so it becomes much more on edge, much more alert and basically it it is uh, doing what it's supposed to do in reaction to whatever is going on in your life meaning that we're really meant to be uh to live in the woods yeah you say that a lot because i I mean we were brought in in the woods well that's what i the way i think about a lot of these things is let me put myself back in how the the human being was initially designed and why do we respond the way we do is it appropriate or inappropriate and so that's really where you can kind of decide whether the situation is actually pathologic or it's appropriate for what's going on in in the body so pathologic obviously is the response is ridiculously over exaggerated and you know most people have a feel for when that happens are you talking about with life experiences well, like, I'm, no, I'm talking about life. like schizophrenia and oh, okay. hallucinations, things like that. So okay. most people don't don't really realize that anxiety really is fairly normal to a certain degree. In fact, all women have anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my patients, you know, the reason God gave women more anxiety is because uh, the men won't watch the children. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tommy gets his little foot cut off or something, right? right? You're never going to trust your husband (laughs) to watch your children. So women carry more anxiety in general. Oh, yeah. Um, There's probably a few other physiologic reasons. But basically what you really want to understand about anxiety is that there's a balance to all these neurotransmitters in the body. And when we have dopamine functioning at a proper level and serotonin functioning at a proper level. Leading back to methylation. Which leads back to methylation. Then we really have a low anxiety state. Everything's really happening fairly appropriately. You know, I was just going to mention real quick because 
Dr. Stewart made a, a fabulous formula for us about three years ago. It changed my life called Calming Cream. And you put GABA, 5-HTP, magnesium, mm-hmm. L-theanine, and L-tyrosine. Correct. And you put them, all five of them in there. Explain why you put all five in okay, there. Okay, so basically here's what happens. There's two ways to think about anxiety. First of all, and two ways to approach it. One way is to actually make the processor of the brain. We call it the reticular activating system. That makes your brain think, focus, and concentrate at a very high speed and you're on. One of those okay. days where you're on. And if you you notice on the days of anxiety, you're not really that focused. You're not really that you're not there. You're scatterbrained. The sec- so we can actually stimulate dopamine to make the reticular activating system function better. And that will typically then in a reflex calm the emotional center, which we call it the limbic system. Now the limbic system operates mostly on serotonin. And you know, if you're a neuroscientist out there, just forgive me. I'm trying to make it simple. But the long and the short of it is if we're processing well, our emotional center is fairly calm because we're ready to handle anything that comes at us. But if we have those spacey days when things aren't quite as good, then on purpose, God made it where our limbic system becomes heightened. So we become hyper aware of our surroundings, really sensitive. Calm down. Kind of like a PMS day for women. Okay. Most people can understand that. You know, you're just not quite there and you're really on edge and everything bothers you. Yeah. You know, now there are all kinds of genetics involved in your potential to develop Uh, these. That's another question I had. We can talk about all those. But basically they work in an inverse relationship. The better you're processing, the calmer you are the worse you're processing, the more anxious you are. So doctors, when they do medications, what they're trying to do is improve dopamine status and basically improve serotonin status to try to calm down each side of that equation. So by putting tyrosine, which is the precursor to dopamine in the system, theanine, which helps with dopamine and GABA, to make you calmer, 5-HTP, which is the precursor to serotonin, then we have methylation on top of that, and that makes all those things convert appropriately. Yeah, because I notice a a lot of people use one of our methylation products, and then they also use the calming cream. Well, you have to have it. You have to have the the methylation product is the activator. So basically, you can put all the amino acids in there you want, but if you don't have the cofactor to make the enzyme work, then basically you're kind of wasting your time. But a lot of people sometimes need the calming cream in the beginning, and then they can taper off of it because their methylation pathways. And because they start to create some of those situations naturally and actually are not as sensitive to any type of challenge in their everyday life. Yeah, I've noticed, you know, over the years of using the products that you've created, I don't use the calming cream every day like I used to. No, you don't need to. And I don't have to take my anti-anxiety medication anymore, which is wonderful because I don't think it really worked for me. And that's a whole other topic. too. Well, what you're describing is the whole foundation of really looking at everything from a biochemical perspective. In fact, uh, earlier this week, I had the pleasure of visiting with a psychiatrist um, from South Carolina. Carolina, who was a really astute scientist. He mm-hmm. had been spent a lot of times in neurotransmitter and drug design. And basically, we asked him the question, what is mental illness? And he said, well, I don't think it really exists. Really? Which was really, which was really A psychiatrist. Well, then what we went on to do is we did one of those geek exercises in biochemistry. <laughs> Your which, favorite. Which all my staff was uh, sitting around kind of just le- looking at us and eventually <laughs> left the room because it, <laughs> it got so geeky. But what I'll tell you is that we really discussed basically all the biochemistry and how these things work and it basically what he really did is reaffirmed all the designs that we'd already made. It all goes back to biochemistry. And so he gave us a great compliment at the end that you must have a very progressive practice. Instead of just taking well, care do. of the symptom, you've got to get underneath and start to um, drive the repair of the yeah. system, the over, overcome the problem instead of just trying to just treat the symptom independently. Well, isn't anxiety, I mean, your nerves are shot. 
So we've got to supply the nervous system with yeah, needs. They're right? not really shot. I mean, people like to say that what they're doing is they're strained. They're strained. They're trying their best to keep up with the 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 um, awareness, the uh, vigilance mm-hmm. that you're trying to keep up with, but eventually they wear wear out, and you'll eventually drift down into depression. So, in a natural sense, if you're to put back in the body what it's missing, like they can keep up easier and gradually calm themselves down. Okay, because I noticed, yeah, my anxiety over the years. Well, has- if you didn't have anxiety, you'd be in trouble. Yeah. If you really need it. Yeah, okay. I mean, everything happens in life. You know, people lose someone or get fired, you know, or. Well, go God has divorce. a perfect, God always has a perfect design. Yeah. The more you learn, the deeper you get, you're like, man, this is amazing stuff, what God has already put And it together. all starts to make sense. So. And so, you know, I, I, I just get humbled every day I learn something new about, about God's design because, man, that's the beauty of it. We've got to learn that really medicine is about replenishing the body and letting the body take care of itself. There you as go. opposed to just kind of covering symptoms up and hoping it magically modifies itself yeah well dr sir we're going to go to break here in a minute but i want to when we get back i want to we could do a whole episode on just anxiety but i want to talk about post-traumatic stress syndrome because i know you treat a lot of that especially a lot of military people that are coming back across overseas and um and then also talk about uh depression you know and how how much that affects society today sure all right we'll be right back with coffee with dr stewart No two people are the same. Our health issues and our nutritional needs are as unique as our smiles. That's why our mission at Neurobiologics is simple. Provide quality nutrition that changes lives, one formula at a time. Developed through a collaboration with top U.S. physicians, each Neurobiologics formula carefully targets specific health issues. I can't tell you how much supplementation has helped our family. Being able to put back in their bodies what they were missing, we had dramatic results. We had focus in school. We had children that were able to sleep through the night. We had children that had their moods regulated. What we're interested more in neurobiologics is replenishing the insufficiencies that the body has in order to recover the underlying problem and reestablish the nervous system and immune system normal function. Each of us is unique. Shouldn't your supplement be too? Neurobiologics. We are changing lives one formula at a time. And we are back with episode five of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I am Kara Mullins, your host, and I've got Dr. Kendall Stewart. Hi again. <laughs> all right. We are talking about anxiety and depression. We've been the first part of the show is all about anxiety because you can talk about it forever. So we're gonna we're gonna get into maybe a little bit more particular types of depression and disorders. I first want to talk about post-traumatic stress syndrome. Okay. You know, you hear about it a lot more just because of the military and what's been going on in Iraq and overseas, and then they come back over here. And I know you've had a, a lot of patients over the course of years that have come in with this syndrome. What What is it exactly? Yeah, well, you know, the way I get involved with these people is that there may be some physiologic problem that's driving this whole situation. Now, I mean, before they even went over there? Uh, no, during the time that they're over there. But my job, I mean, obviously, psychiatrists and neurologists are really good at what they do from a medication standpoint. But a lot of times in something as severe as PTSD, um, that's just not enough. You've got to actually support the system in order mm-hmm. to allow the, the medications and allow them to actually function well. And so I get involved in people who have had blast injuries, concussion phenomenon. And you got to realize that those guys, when they're over there, first of all, they get vaccinated like crazy before they go uh, over there. When you 
you're in the, show. When you're in the Gulf, um, they spray a lot of fly sprays and many things uh, on the, the troops. Toxins. And you got to understand that if you have a methylation deficiency, you have several problems. One, you have trouble making certain neurotransmitters, which lead to more aggressive depression, anxiety uh, situations, but also you don't make very much glutathione, and glutathione is the chemical cleanser of the body. So it's kind of like... That's what gets rid of all those toxins that you get from the environment. And so we have to work um, at understanding what's really happened to these people, and then then you throw them into a highly stressful situation where they really can't relax in a foreign environment, and it's no wonder. I'm surprised that most people don't come back with it. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a few friends that really suffer from it, and you know, they just want a solution, and they're on medication. Sure. Well, the medication can help, but the problem is if you don't give the neuro, if you don't give the neurotransmitters functionally ability to to work better, then the medications are limited, meaning that we're limiting the effect of the medicines. So we never stop any medicines. What we just do is we typically, when we start, we typically just leave the medications in place, and then we figure out the genetics underneath. Okay. And then we start putting in nutritional supplementation to drive dopamine, serotonin, GABA, methylation. Um, methylation. And what we essentially are able to do is make the medicines that they're taking much more effective initially. And then gradually, if everything starts to improve and they start to return then to normal, then we can start pulling back on the medicines and hopefully get off. That's wonderful to hear. You know, I, being from working for neurobiologics, I get to talk to a lot of the customers that are patients of yours. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have women and men that come into our store in Austin and they say that, you know, I'll see them six months prior and they are basically ready to, to call, I mean, throw in the towel and call sure. it a day. And then they've seen you for six months and they walk in with a smile on their face and they're happy. And right. Gosh, that is to me what it's all about because I've been there and I know, you know, there's different types of depression, you know, just coming from post-traumatic, but just moving into the depression part, right. you know, losing a loved one, getting fired, a divorce, you know. Something situ- uh, situational in your life that makes you sad, you know, and lasts for a few days. But we're talking about something that puts you for over two weeks. That's when they consider it going into a deep depression. Well, that's that's true. But you gotta you gotta understand that when you're dealing with such a severe, like clinical depression, you know, severe clinical depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, it takes a team of people to help you out of that. Yeah. You know, you need a great psychologist or psychotherapist to be able to talk in a safe place and share your feelings. And that, Mm -hmm. a lot of times that's just not possible with your, with your loved one. Do you encourage oh, your patients? You have to. You just have to. you got to have a safe place to vent. You also have to have, you know, I know about all the medicines, but I'm not an expert in it. So what I don't, I don't do them all the time. And so what I typically do is I like people to have their own psychiatrist, mm-hmm. okay, or neurologist, whoever's handling that. And I can make comments on that. But my job is essentially to support and make those things work a whole lot better. So typically a team approach works better for those people. That's what I always like about your practice because you always will reach out to other doctors to talk to about a patient because you know sometimes you have a patient that comes in even on the autism spectrum to whatever case there is and they're they're seeing four doctors at the same time or a therapist or you know and you never have shied away from that and you'll sure pick it doesn't up the mean phone. doesn't mean the doctors are not what i'm not talking about but. yeah <laughs> You know, so well. Everybody has their own. Well, and that's specialty, it. What right? I don't want to, what I don't want people to to think is that you just come to see me and everything's magically better because it takes a while to come out of these things. Yeah. But, but each each step is important. You know, you've got to put the fuel in the in the vehicle in order for it to to function right. Now, when you're talking about people like with bipolar, and does that kind of fall into the 
Sure. Now, what you're really talking about there is genetics. Okay, so the severity of these disorders, meaning from somebody who can't really understand what a clinical depression or a, a horrible anxiety disorder is, is because you don't have the genetics that predispose you to that severe situation. Okay, or so, you do have the genetics. No. So people who don't have those genetics can't really relate to somebody who who could have it. You can't really understand how severe that can be, where somebody would take their life because of their clinical depression. Yeah. That really falls back on two major major genes uh, of how dopamine and uh, and many of the neurotransmitter pro- neurotransmitters process. Uh, one of them is the COMT okay. gene, and the COMT is catecholaminomethyltransferase. It basically defines how fast you actually clear dopamine, epinephrine, and norepinephrine from the the um, the synapse. Okay. okay, so which I happen to have the COMT sure you do. mutation. Mm-hmm. Sure, and that's <laughs> of why course I do. Your, and then another one's the MAO, which is monoamine oxidase, uh, which basically has a lot to do with um, how you also take care of the monoamines too. So what we know is if you have these sluggish, is what I will call them, sluggish uh, variants, you typically, once you get put in the mood, good luck coming out of it. Yeah, and just for everybody out there, on episode 13, that show is entirely about genetic mutations. We're going to put Dr. Stewart through the ringer and say, okay, what's this mutation mean? What does this mutation mean? Because everybody seems to be out there getting their blood work, their DNA, genetic testing, whether it's through blood or swab or, um, and gosh, I get those calls every day and I, I don't even know what to say to half of them. Well, you, you know, um, frankly, um, I've been forced into becoming an expert in those areas because I have to educate so many doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, we're learning new information every week. But basically, if you have an MTHFR uh, variant um, or a folic acid um, uh, blocking antibody or a folic acid receptor variant, and then you mix it with a COMT and MAO, you are going to go through some problems. Okay. Yeah, and I guess that's why I didn't have you or our products in my 20s, and I went through some really bad sure. social anxiety. I suffered from for about three months, pretty bad, debilitating, couldn't go to work, and then depression states. And, right. You know, all kind of led well, on by life experience. You know, this is back to the kind of the elegance of what's happening recently with the ID genetics test, which you know we get in almost everybody that comes through our office. Basically, it's a test where we actually um, screen you uh, through a swab. It's paid for by your insurance. Okay. And basically... What's that test called? ID genetics. Okay. Okay. And what that test does is basically tell us uh, which which medicines are appropriate for you and which medicines are not. We measure the liver enzymes, how they Based process it. Genes. We measure an MTHFR, they measure a COMT, and then we can actually make determinations as to which medicine might be right for anxiety, ADD, depression and, for you, and which medicines will not be. And even down to supplementation, because if you have those mutations, you got to support. Right, because you got to understand how hard it is when you're, when you're a psychiatrist or neurologist and you don't have any objective information. You're just using your favorite and you're hoping it works for the patient and many times it doesn't. Yeah. You know, what was sad for me to find is um, a fact that I found anxiety disorders affect one in eight children. 
mm-hmm. what is that about? Is that just genetics falling down the well, back, that, you know, the line really, of the family? Well, that really, it is the genetics, but it also uh, falls under the MTHFR. Remember, children are processing much more methyl tetrahydrofolate mm-hmm. because they're using it for growth hormone and mitochondrial function than adults are. And so as we age and get closer and closer to our teenage years, pretty much everybody knows that teenagers are very anxious people. Yes. They're very... They got a lot going on. They think everybody's judging them. They think everybody cares what they do. They think it's important how they dress. They're very anxious in general, and that really is a physiologic problem. It's not really that that uh, the life trials are so much greater. In fact, they're usually minimal yeah. at that age. <laughs> but it seems like but the end of the world. it seems like the end of the world. And we all went through that. And so I have to do a lot of education on patient, uh, parents a lot of times. And thankfully, I, you know, I have four children, so... You kind of know. <laughs> <laughs> Two 16-year-old boys will make you know that pretty yeah. quick. And so the whole idea is... Um, Mm, you know, for lack of a better thing, I always have to have with my boys the big poop and little poop discussion. What does that mean? <laughs> meaning that there are, there's big poop in life. Yeah. You know, meaning those, in a nice those way. In a nice way. And then there's little poop, which means that we just have don't little bitty things. Don't it. stress out about that. And, you know, I go through that every day at my house. I remember so. just trying to pick out a shirt for the day and I'd be freaking out and going sure. on my fifth shirt. <laughs> Well, and that's because you have a COMT, so it was more severe for you than other people, you know? And basically, we we can discuss that, you know, at a later date, but basically, you have to pay attention to so many areas. You gotta pay attention to genetics, you gotta pay attention to the availability now of choosing the appropriate medication should you need it. You gotta pay attention to what supplemental help can we put into the patient. You gotta pay attention to hormones. Thyroid's very important in stress states. My next question is, let's get down to treatment. Yeah. So you're just going along those lines, but let's get a little bit deeper. What's the what would you, what's the treatment for a lot of this? Well, the treatment is individualized, obviously, yeah. and so and that basically is the nuts and bolts of it. You can't treat everybody the same, mm-hmm. you know. Now, insurance companies would love for you to be able to do that, but when we have a high-stress state, we're going to use more thyroid. We're going to use more of our steroids. Our cortisol is going to be in trouble. We're going to have an, uh, a greater need for... Um, is that why you use a lot of pregnenolone? I do, because pregnenolone is the precursor to all steroids, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. And what we know is there are, there are probably chemicals from our best uh, knowledge base that currently. There are chemicals in our environment that are interrupting the production of pregnenolone. And so, therefore, we're not having the steroid load of cortisol being produced and hormones like testosterone insufficiency is very common in men now. Wasn't me, yeah. And estrogen and progesterone and early menopause in women. All those things can play a huge role. So you have to be fairly gifted, I guess, as a doctor. And I don't want to say gifted. Pay attention more than anything. You don't have to be gifted. You You got to look at a lot. You got to say, okay, did I look at everything for this patient that I did? Okay. Okay. And then what you have to do is you have to step back and judge it. Now, remember that you know, anxiety doesn't ever occur by itself. It usually affects your sleep disorders, chronic fatigue, chronic infections. There's all kinds of things you got to look at, and you just got to be very in depth uh, as a physician. Okay. Well, Dr. Stewart, you know, we're running out of time here, but I mm-hmm. want to thank you again for a wonderful 30 minutes of your uh, time. It's my pleasure. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us on episode five. Next week, we're going to be talking about sleep disorders, which are sleep issues, which kind of falls right in line with everything that we're doing. And um, I hope you can join us. If not, you can visit coffeewithdrstewart.com and listen anytime on the episodes that have uh, been posted. And we thank you for joining us. And I hope you have a blessed and beautiful day.
The views expressed by show hosts or their guests are their own and shall not be construed in any way as advice in place of your own medical practitioners. We encourage you to seek professional advice or care for any problem which you may have.